Okay, those of you that were here, uh, when Dave had his box up here, he stepped out of his box. My box is across the street. You can't see it. Um, I chose uh, a scripture in Luke this morning, chapter, or, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. It's a parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, I don't know, I've, I've had to do this more than once. And I spoke on this one other time, but I took a different slant on it, and so I, uh, I'm doing it again. And for those of you that had trouble getting up this morning because of the time change, next year I can cure that. If you're up here that morning, you will be up. Plenty early. Okay, starting in chapter 19, going through uh, 23. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his, voice, his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Uh, let's compare these two guys. The rich man had everything. He had purple, which was rare in those days. It was kind of reserved for kings and very important people. He fared sumptuously. In our day, it would have been steak and eggs for breakfast, pork loin for dinner, and lobster for supper. And the next day, the same thing, only more. And uh, the beggar, he had nothing. Uh, I mean, you think you got a poor health care system? Dogs licked his sores. Now, if you live in the country and you've had a dog, you don't want them licking your sores. <laughs> and they, the dogs back then didn't stay in the house. He had absolutely nothing. And then they died, both of them. Now the rich man says he died and went to hell. Lazarus died, and angels carried him to the bosom of Abraham or paradise. And it says that the beggar, Lazarus, was laid at the gate. So he didn't come to the gate to beg. Somebody had to carry him. He couldn't do anything. He had nothing. He just, in our day and age, would say he existed. And yet, angels came and carried him. Uh, I think it's interesting. Lazarus is named. The rich man isn't. He doesn't have a name. He's a certain rich man. Um, and to kind of go on with my idea that you won't have trouble getting up. Yesterday morning at 3.08 I woke up and a thought hit my head. Why doesn't he have a name? Is it because the Lord doesn't want to identify a certain person? And then it hit me. If you go to Revelation uh, chapter 20 verses 11 through 15 uh, I'm just going to read 15. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. He doesn't have a name because he's not in the book of life. 
His name's not important. Um, <clears throat> verses 24 and 5. Talking about the rich man now. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Um, there's a belief out there that we live, we die, that's it. There's oblivion, nothing. You are no more. But this teaches that they were both there. They had a conscience. They knew they were alive. Their soul was alive. They knew where they were. There was torment and there was comfort. And the funny thing is, it says Lazarus was comforted, and that's the end of the story. We hear nothing more about him in this. That's it. He's comforted. What more can he get? He's got it all in the afterlife. And it's interesting that the rich man saw Abraham afar off, and yet he knew who he was. Now, I kind of did some rough calculating. We had Abraham, then we had Isaac, then we had Jacob, then Jacob had Joseph, and Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt. And then all the family went down there, and they were in slavery for 400 years, and then God raised up Moses, and then they got out, and they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, and then they went into the land of Canaan. So he hadn't seen Abraham. He was, that was five, 600 years before, at least 500 and they didn't have pictures. They didn't have photographs. How did he know it was Abraham? I think this kind of teaches that we will know people in heaven. People we didn't know on earth. I never knew either one of my grandfathers. They died the year I was born. If they're in heaven, I'll know who they are. I'll know them when I meet them. I'll know them before I meet them. I don't know how. But I don't have to know how. God will do it. That's all that matters. I think it's kind of a comfort. Like I said, my grandmother on my dad's side, dad was only five when she died. I knew one grandparent. That's amazing. My wife knew all four of her grandparents, and I think she knew three of her greats. And I knew one of my grandparents. None of my great. But God will allow me to know who they are. We'll know who Moses is when, before we see him. It's just amazing to me. We're going to know people that lived and died way before us. Another thing is uh, Abraham, or Abraham, the rich man. I don't know if he even knew who Lazarus was. Because he asked Abraham to have Lazarus go tip his finger in the water and touch his tongue to give him some relief from the torment. Lazarus couldn't move. He couldn't on earth. And he was carried to Abraham's bosom. I think he probably couldn't. I think we will have bodies that will be healed. My hip won't hurt anymore. My knees won't hurt. And that'll be amazing. But, yeah, I see Glenn. He's kind of thinking that's, that's going to be good too. <laughs> 
But uh, he, he, ha- he had no qualms about asking him to go get water to bring to him to relieve him. And uh, I think the rich man, he also has this opinion, I believe, that he's more important than everyone. He doesn't talk to Lazarus to get results. He goes right to the top. He goes to Abraham. He bypasses everybody. And I think we all know people like that. They're so self-important that they aren't going to, well, in the military terms, follow the chain of command. They're going right to the top. Their kid gets in trouble. They aren't going to talk to the teacher. They're going to the superintendent or head of the school board. And uh, that's, it kind of shows a little bit about his idea of himself. He's very self-important. Um, then verses 26 to the end. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us which come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And he was right. Because Jesus did rise from the dead, and they didn't hear. They didn't repent. Um, There are still people today that don't repent. They may believe Jesus rose from the dead, but yeah, he didn't take my sins away, or I can work my own way out, or however. And the Bible doesn't teach that. It teaches the only way is through Jesus. <clears throat> this also, I believe, teaches that the dead can't communicate with us because he wanted someone from hell or from bosom of Abraham to go back and talk to his brothers because he didn't want them to come to the torment that he went to. He was actually thinking of somebody else for once. It was his brothers, but he was thinking of someone else. And uh, it just, it wasn't going to happen. God doesn't work that way. You've got to have faith. You, you believe by faith that Jesus rose from the dead. He told us that in the Bible. If you don't believe it, you're not going to believe somebody else that comes back. So, um, like Carl said, PJ always tries to give us something to take home with us from the sermon. And what I came up with, if you believe in Jesus Christ and you're saved, He will take care of you after death. It may not seem like he's taking care of you now. You may be going through a tough time. But I don't think anybody in here has it as bad as Lazarus did. Nobody has to carry you to beg for food. None of us are as well off as a rich man either. We're all in between there somewhere. But God will take care of us. And if we believe it, we need to get it from our, heart, our head to our hearts and I don't know how we do that, but uh, I think we work on it. And in my experience, the older I get, 
the more I believe it. Maybe that's because I'm getting closer to it. But we're all getting closer to it. We all have a terminal illness. It's called sin. So that's all I've got to, this morning. And it's just 10 o'clock by the clock, so Chris has another hour. And <laughs> we didn't get the clocks changed. This is like tag team wrestling, the old pro wrestling. It's Chris's turn. Somebody mentioned that earlier in Sunday school. I don't know who it was. <clears throat> Doug, as I was sitting there, where did Doug go? Where is Doug Washburn? There he is. Um, that Sunday school lesson, or last few weeks that we've had, is very good. And uh, I think what Leo was mentioning and what you brought it through Sunday school, and I think where I'm going to go is, uh, you know, how it was suffering, then God makes character, perse or perseverance, character, then hope, faith and hope. And I think that's what, you know, we're going to be talking about today, hopefully. So let me find my paper here. A few weeks back, I, I mentioned to you that I have a life verse. And that life verse is uh, Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait upon the Lord... Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. And that's what we were learning about in Sunday school. We always have been. In that verse is what I think the Lord's been talking to me about this week, or the last few weeks, when I found out to be doing this. And it's, I guess where he's been talking to me about is, is one word in that, in that verse. It's repeated twice. It's weight. And what he showed me was uh, weight can mean two, two different things. It's called a homonym. Uh, they have different meanings. They're spelled the same. They're pronounced the same. And then there's something called a homograph. It has a different meaning spelled the same and it can be pronounced the same or differently my uncle Tony sent me a thing on English I'm, English is not my strong suit when the boys needed help with English that was Carla's job because I had English was not good but I don't know if Uncle Tony remembers sending this to me but it had I don't remember 20, 30 maybe homonyms one was Dove D-O-V-E it can be a bird, but it can also be pronounced dove in the past tense of diving. And then the one that Uncle Tony gave me was one shot at, the dove dove into the bushes. And now I know why I had such a terrible time with, with English. Because <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. Another one was fluke. Well, I knew fluke was a stroke of luck. But it's also a fish. It's also part of a, white, a whale's tail. Oh, you know, Alex knows. And it's the end part of an anchor. And so the one I was looking at is wait. And when I read the verse, wait upon the Lord, be of good courage, 
and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. And I always took that as wait, to be patient, to stand. The hardest thing that I can do is to stand, to not do something. I always have to try to fix it. I think it's a male thing. But also, wait can be a serve title. A, a woman who waits at tables serves. So with that, I took, I want to try to explain to you, if best my ability anyway, the stand part. In Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 13. It's the armor of God uh, portion of Ephesians. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand, withstand all the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Like I said, that is a, that is a hard part for me. I want to be. I want to fix it. I want it fixed now, not later. I don't want to have to wait months, weeks, days, hours. I want it fixed now. So I'll think in a brother Carl as he's speaking of the missionaries, the Browns. They are waiting to get the leading of the Lord. Thinking of Hobby Lobby, um, they are now waiting for their chance to be heard. But in both these cases, they have done everything they, they know to do. They have prayed. They have sought the Lord. They have uh, hired lawyers. Uh, I'm sure uh, the Browns have gotten counsel from friends, uh, other missionaries. They have done everything they know to do. They have put on the armor of God. Now they're just called to, to wait. To serve, I went to 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 6 through 10. <clears throat> and you become, became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word with much, in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. I am called to wait. Wait upon the Lord. But also, if, I, if I'm rem thinking of the scripture correctly, I don't have to just stand still and be passive. Sometimes he, he expects me to continue to wait on him to, uh, to do this. I, <laughs> this is out of my comfort zone, too. I could sing up here. I'd be nervous, but I, this speaking is tough. He's asking me to, to do this, to 
continue to pray, to continue to seek. He's asking me to uh, continue to serve and serve him in areas in my life. So when I look at my, when I repeat my life verse, sometimes several times a day, he's asking me to do one of the two things. He's either asking me to stand still and watch him, or he's asking me to get out there, get involved, do something, do what I'm asking you to do. The hard part is what the Browns are going through, is knowing what he's asking me to do. I wished it would just appear on a page someplace, you know, Chris, this is what I want you to do today. But he doesn't do it that way. It's, it's by the leading of the Holy Spirit. The only thing I can say there is, through the Sunday school lessons, through uh, my brothers that I have in the church, that... Right now, I am being asked to draw closer to him. So, that I guess is where I'm waiting on right now is, Lord, you are my anchor. Um, just uh, draw me in closer that I will know your will. And, uh, Lael, you didn't talk near long enough because. <laughs> no. Maybe I should ask Brother Carl if he has any more for us because <laughs> there's two more minutes to fill here. You get out early today. But um, I guess PG usually does end in prayer, so that'll take up a little time. I just want you guys to know that, um, uh, as been mentioned here many times, uh, Doug mentioned it again today in, in Sunday school, we draw strength from you guys uh, coming to see you, uh, letting us be a part of your life and uh, your family. So with that, why don't we close in prayer? And then I think Pat Oregon has communion. So, Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this family that you have uh, made us a part of. An extended family for most of us, but for some, it's the only family we have. We thank you for the opportunity to meet here in your house uh, once a week to just draw strength from one another and from you. So, Lord, as we do wait upon you, either standing still, standing in the faith, or serving you, Lord, we just ask that you would be real that you would be powerful in our lives, and, Lord, that we would do what uh, you have for us to do. We also pray, Lord, that you would uh, bless our pastor and his wife as they and the Nichols as they are on vacation. We just pray that uh, you would bring them home safely to us, Lord, that uh, they would be refreshed, and, Lord, that the stories they would have for us would just uh, illuminate your, uh, uh, your love that you express to us. So, Lord Jesus, we just ask these things in your name. Amen.